prepare yourself, you are about to be remade into a new being through forbidden knowledge previously kept secret for centuries by the jealous priesthoods of many religions. Caution, improper viewing techniques may lead in some persons to dependency, seizures, cranial fits, priapic conditions, micturitions, sternutations, subtle glandular mutations, and in some territories, legal arrest. However, if the viewer follows instructions and trusts completely in Bob, this tape can produce an unsurpassable beatific experience that can last for hours, days, weeks, possibly even centuries. This videotape bears a patented Dobbsdrome PowerShell time code, which may cause some home video decks to react unpredictably. Yay! Does that mean we won something? No, that means we're actually recording now. <laughs> All right. Well. Anyways, that's behind the scenes junk that nobody's you gonna kill win. <laughs> so what's up, folks? Welcome back. Uh, you dropped an episode of the Spark last week, but only the Patreons have got it now. So nobody oh, else my. is going to hear it till April. April first was when I'm taking him off. So. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? There's one other copy of it floating around somewhere. Really? How? Yeah. Who? <laughs> I can't tell you that. Oh, you I'm, mean somebody other than the Patreons have it? <laughs> yeah, one one other person has it. Yeah, I'm not real worried about that. I'm, I'm, I know you're not, <laughs> but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop their name because I might I go back and uh, email. Oh wait, I'm not on Facebook. I can I, drop uh, their name. I don't care. Yeah, there's there's been a definite vacuum of, of, of you being gone since then. I've had many people. Is, is Lobo gone again? I'm like, well, he's he's still around. He can be reached. He's just not, you know. Yeah, on Messenger. I don't. Yeah. Know. You can reach me on Messenger, and I'm pretty sure I'll be coming back to Facebook with a big, empty friends list. I wouldn't worry about it. It's people take break. I'm I'm only there literally because of the show, and that's really about it. And to run the Facebook page, so it it is what it is. And I'm my my whole Facebook experience has been trimmed and edited and cut, so it's not that big of a deal for me anymore. Uh, but um. Tonight's going to be an off-the-wall show. Um, we're supposed to have, if everything goes as planned, um, we're supposed to have... There's the spanner in the works. There's right the there. spanner in the works, but I think it'll work out. Michael M. Hughes is going to be on the show, and that's going to be later on. Michael M. Hughes is the guy that is directly responsible for the whole bind Donald Trump magical get-together and let's all put a bind on Donald Trump thing, which in turn stirred up a shitstorm of controversy, which, I, as I was talking to you off the air, I find really, really funny and hysterical. And I, I don't want to, I don't know how I should feel about it because, you know, this is some, these is people's beliefs and religions or whatever you want to call it. And here I am finding the whole thing hysterical. Um, and I'll go into the reasons What's why later. What's wrong with that? Well, I don't want to be offensive or rude about it, but I, you know, <laughs> watch, I'll go into it in a little bit why. But anyways, back to the um, the Spark thing. I dropped it for the Patreons, and boy, did I go totally out of sequence in that one. But mm. I spent most of last weekend doing all these different online courses, learning how to do better editing on vocals and all of this different stuff with our recording program. So I, I was I promptly put all that to work on your Spark episode, like almost immediately trying to beef it up and change stuff and everything. And for whatever reason, you did the show with Shelly. And for whatever reason, her her audio connection was just crap. It may be because that she is something involved with the wheel nerds and somebody decided to take all of the wheel nerds recording stuff and take it over to Todd's house, leaving her with nothing decent to record the show with. Or it could be that they had bad windstorms or whatever. I'm not I got nothing. I'm not getting involved in that one. 
So, oh, we've been behind the scenes. It's okay. So right. I went in and edited your vocals and I did all this stuff to it. And then I went back and listened to it again after the episode dropped on Patreon. And I'm like, maybe I went a little bit too, too far with like over beefiness. And I'm, I'm going to oh, go great. back. Do and, I sound like Isaac Hayes? No, you, you sound great. You sound great. But I yeah. added like a little bit of reverb, which is something that I never, ever use with us. I very, very seldom use reverb. And after I heard it and after it dropped, I was like, you know what? At, at the time I was like. It's kind of like it's like kind of like Jurassic Park. It's like just because you could doesn't mean you should, you know? It's one of those things. So when Great. it drops on April 1st, I'm going to I'm going to go back and retweak it a oh, little it's bit. Dropping so. a, it's getting dropped on April Fools' yeah, Day. Yeah, it's getting dropped on April Fools' Day. So <laughs> Cuz I am still trying to do stuff for the Patreon people cuz they are still taking care of us. And that was what I used some of that money for was to take these online classes and afterwards I was like, "Oh my god, I can do all this crazy great stuff now." It was totally rejuvenated. But anyways, yeah, so we're going to cover a couple of different things before we jump into it. We are coming up on, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to these ones last. We have two stories of human jackassery that I want to go over. Why don't you cover, well, let's do, I'll I'll do the Texas butthole tickling guy first. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is coming from 1061kissfm.iheart.com forward slash bunch, bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of letters, numbers, slashes, uh, blah, blah, blah. Basically, Texas butthole tickling bandit has finally been caught. Dun, dun, dun. This was three days ago as of the recording of this. Uh, With a name like the Texas butthole tickling bandit, it doesn't take any imagination to know what he does after breaking in. Fortunately, he has been apprehended by police. Identified and caught by police in the early hours of January 5th, he managed to elude capture for three weeks. He has given male residents in the area a real tough time with his spat of assaults, which totaled a dozen homes by the time he was stopped. Police originally thought their suspect was homeless. However, they picked the man up. He was actually wearing a 4,500 hours worth of Yeezus clothing. (laughs) Oh, so he's a fan of uh, Kanye. Now, me and you happen to know a few people in Texas that may or may not have been willingly looking for this guy. We won't drop any names. Why? So you can invite him to the house or shoot him dead? Both, probably. Oh, jeez. So if that wasn't weird enough, why don't you take us to Japan? Uh, since you guys just since you just recently covered some Japan oriented topics, look at the name of the website, Japankyo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Japankyo. Wow. I didn't do that, Chuck. Hey. Cops look. Hey. Cops look for man who keeps. Uh, no, it doesn't say who. Man. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> Back. Cops look for man that keeps sticking his finger in boys' mouths. So nasty. I'd bite the guy. Police in Chiba Prefecture, Japan, are looking for an unidentified man who, according to reports, has stuck his finger in the mouths of male junior high school students around the area of J.R. Inaj Station in Chiba City. (sighs) On at least eight different occasions since August of last year. Eight. Count them. Bite them. According to the police, the man approaches male junior high school students on their way home and engages them in conversation by asking them, where's the station? As they are talking, he sticks his fingers in the victim's mouth and then flees the scene on his bicycle. Wow, he's a thug. Since the end of August 2016 until the end of last month, February, there have been eight incidences of this kind reported to police. All have taken place between 7 and 9 in the evening. Stay out late and see what happens. 
There have been no reports of any victims being injured or kidnapped. No, the dude just stuck his finger in your mouth. You're accosted. Police are looking for a man who is approximately 170 centimeters tall with short black hair. That describes three quarters of the country. Yes. In regards, yeah, yeah. Well, Chuck's the aberration. He's uh, a big dude. In regards to these incidents, police have been quoted as saying this sort of situation is unheard of. Right. It, it is abnormal. Mm-hmm. Isn't this from the country that has tentacle porn? Yes. Police are asking people in the area to be careful. It doesn't say area. I said area. It says in the R to be careful. <laughs> Brought to you by Yahoo News Japan. This is, which is, could be fake news, because that's the new thing now, fake news. It's all fake news, isn't it, though? Everything is fake news. How many, I wonder, I got to thinking about that. I wonder how many times the things that we've covered on this show have been fake fake news. It's all fake. Who cares? It's all fake. It's all fake. It's all fake. Sad. Yeah. So anyways, moving on. Uh, We are at the anniversary of a few things. Um, One of them. Being this last week, 1970, Charles Manson released an album called Lie to help raise money for his defense in the Tate murder trial. The album jacket is made to look like a cover of Life magazine with the letter F removed from the word life. In the mid-60s, Manson had been a wannabe musician who befriended Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson. That worked out for you really well. Eventually, taking the group into the recording, uh, one of his songs ceased to exist. The title was changed to Never Learn Not to Love and was released as a B-side of the single Bluebirds Over the Mountain, which eventually climbed to number 61 in the U.S. in early 1969, giving Manson a hit record on Billboard's Top 100. Uh, have you ever heard his cover of Helter Skelter? This like basically spoken word one. Do we have to talk about that? Yeah, now? yeah. it's Skinny Puppy. I think sampled it on one of their songs, but I can't remember <laughs> which one. Uh, then in 1970, <clears throat> since the whole Black Sabbath thing seems to be a reoccurring joke on this show, uh, March 9th, 1970, having recently changed their name from Earth to Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Bill Ward make their concert debut at the Roundhouse in North London district of Camden Town. And then we move on to the big one. This is the 20-year anniversary of the Phoenix Lights, which on occurred. On Monday. Yeah, March 13th, 1997. Um, I've always been fascinated by the Phoenix Lights. And mm. a few years ago, I actually worked with a person that lived there at the time that it was happening. And I asked him, I'm like, so you were there and stuff. And, you know, I was like, what was it like? He said, well, it, it was it was real. You know, he, I'm like, was it flares? He says, no, he's, uh, he was being picked up from hockey practice. And I said, well, tell me what it was like that you can remember. He says, well, it's, you, you can't forget it. We walked outside and you looked up in the sky and it was over top of you. It was huge. I'm like, so it wasn't flares off in the mountains. He's like, no, there were flares later on or there were lights over but he said the same thing i've been told from multiple people you can tell the difference between flares and what these things were oh yeah totally so um from what i understand let me look up the site here there's a woman who wrote a book about it and i did ask her to come on the show but i never heard back from her and she's pretty much the definitive source on it and she's got uh the phoenixlights.net she runs the phoenix night the phoenix mm-hmm. lights network and her name is dr lynn uh i believe it's pronounced kite k-i-t-i-e um and she's done all kinds of documentation about it but basically how it started is that in the early evening hours there started to be 911 reports of these lights moving towards a i believe it was from the southwest towards towards the phoenix area and there is a steady progression of 911 phone calls 
that you can trace from the time that these were recorded until the time that they are actually seen over top of downtown Phoenix, which is one of the things that there's a lot of explanations out there for what the Phoenix lights actually were. The big one is the flares that were over top of the mountains. It's a mountain ridge uh, back behind Phoenix. And there's a, a video out there of where the guys lay the lights over top of it in the daytime and at night you can see the mountain ridge and so forth. I've never bought the flares explanation no. because no. I've seen flares at night. Um, flares drop and as they drop, and they don't float like that. Yeah, they don't float. And they also leave like smoke trails off of because they're flares and the flare actually yeah. lights up the smoke trail as it falls. And yeah, they're burning. It's burning shit in the sky. Exactly. <laughs> Come um, on. flares don't stay in a fixed position. These lights stayed in a fixed position for a long period of time. Um, and when the, there's other videos out there, cause apparently the next night there was also flares dropped and, one of the things that I don't buy either is since this this city is next to a major airbase where they per, per, uh, supposedly do these kinds of things all the time, you would think that the people would be would be used to this kind of thing and go, oh yeah, those are flares. We see those all the time. You know, it's just something you would expect the people that live next to an airbase that purportedly does this all the time. The other thing is is that assume. they don't. You're not legally allowed to drop flares over a city or Indian reservations, and apparently there's Indian reservations out in that area as well. So. There's just all these things that I don't buy about it. And then you have the governor or the former governor that comes out years later and says, yeah, even though I went on the air and I had a guy come out dressed as a costume as an alien with handcuffs on saying, here's the perpetrator. Let's bring them all out so everybody can see who it is. And they bring the guy out in the alien costume with the handcuffs, you know, and it's all a big joke. Um, he's He comes out later. I, what was his name? Um Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Cy, I keep wanting to say Scythe Sprague. It's a strange word. It was yeah, a strange name. I don't remember what it is either. I should know my facts right now, but I don't. But he came out later. It was on top <laughs> of this ridge and says, yeah, it was real. It was over there. We saw it. You know, it was just absolutely massive. And if you were here that night and you saw it, you know, you would have been speechless. Everybody's like, well, why did you not say at the time that it was real? And he said, because we didn't want the public to panic and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't we couldn't tell anybody what it was because we didn't know what it was. And you can't tell people that are freaking out. We don't know what this thing is floating over top of our city. That's massive. So, and this person is no longer in politics. I believe he's since moved on to real estate development or whatever. I can see his point when you're in politics, you don't want to come up and say, Oh yeah, there's UFOs over our city. That would be political suicide. And at the same time, (laughs) but still, I mean, you think about that. You hear that all the time. Well, we didn't want everybody to panic. We didn't want everybody to panic. Dude, if it's over your, it's over you now. There's nothing you're gonna be able to do about it anyway. So what's the per? Again, I gotta get up in the morning and go. Unless it's gonna blow me up or pay my mortgage, I gotta get up and go to work in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Uh, some witnesses reported being directly underneath as it passed over. Said it drifted right over the housetop, so close it seems they could almost touch it. Witness accounts suggest that at least one unknown craft and possibly others passed directly over Phoenix and penetrated through Sky Harbor airspace before drifting off into the south towards Tucson. At least one aircraft air traffic controller at Sky Harbor Airport admitted in a televised, televised news interview that he saw the lights on the tower using binoculars but did not see anything on radar. Skeptics and debunkers dismissed the event as flares or a host of other man-made or natural explanations, while thousands of witnesses insist that they saw what they saw cannot be explained in any other term. Uh, there are many facts, photos, witness accounts, and notable circumstances that are attached to the event and similar events that have occurred all over the world that are largely ignored by the media, completely ignored by a few staunch skeptics and debunkers 
who get way more media attention than they deserve. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah, true. This is all coming directly from the phoenixlights.net website, which I, I do recommend going and checking out if you're into this kind of stuff. She's got a, she breaks down the whole flare therapy, uh, whole flare therapy, uh, <laughs> flare theory. <laughs> Here's some flare therapy. Oh, that shit hurts. Burning. Uh, and it goes into how uh, the flare theory doesn't fit witness testimonies. Um, in my opinion, what I think happened to the best, because I've also been studying this thing for years, I think two separate things happened that night. I think that, you know, just by going by the 911 phone calls leading up to the actual event over top of Phoenix itself, I believe that something did something did occur, something did fly in over top of the city or a series of things flew in over top of the city or what have you. And then it took off. And then later on flares were dropped in the distance or something else happened in the distance. So they had a way of going, yeah, that's what you're seeing right there because the following night they also did the flare thing again. But the people the following night, there was an overwhelming majority of people that said, no, that's not it. It's like way back when we did that show about the um, the whole uh, Holland, Michigan, or whatever it was, the, the UFO encounters, where the woman walks down the road and says, no, that's that's the planet Venus. That's not what we saw. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. It's the same kind of situation where, you know, and I'm not saying there's a government cover-up or conspiracy or anything like that, but it does strongly come across that way. It does very much see that way or seem that yeah, way. Yeah, it does. So it's it did. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, and all the explanations for the craft don't seem to fit, you know, no. what, what people had saw. So no. there's a thing where people have claimed that was probably helicopters in formation, uh, stealth no. B2 bomber flyover, which B2 bombers way too small. Helicopters make a lot of damn noise. And even they don't quite hold position the way that this thing did. You know, mm-hmm. and if it were, why would helicopters be parking over top of a city in formation like that and then staying there for a period of time and then just kind of like taking off? Uh, ball lightning doesn't fit. Swamp gas definitely doesn't fit, especially at that altitude that this thing was at. Uh, mass hallucination, really? Well. <laughs> yeah, it was ergot, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, that was a big thing, you know? Yeah, it was a, it's a big thing 20 years ago. Lots of people caught ergot. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyways, yeah, do go out and check it out if you're interested in the Phoenix Lights. This is probably the best website I've seen thus far on it. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this woman, so if there's skeptics out there that are listening right now, sure, go ahead and send me messages saying that the person I've cited is wrong for all these reasons, et cetera, so on. Whatever. Go for it. I don't, yeah, great. Please, we welcome people to tell us that we're wrong. No problem. You can't learn <laughs> if you're not told. So anyways, um, let's see if he is around yet. First, let's talk about um, curses, shall we? Curses can be simple word magic, but their incantations are feared, their implications dreaded and rightly so. They circle and spiral and penetrate the mind, wrestling with the soul, strangling the spirit. You can hear them, terrible words of power. In casting spells and curses, there are certain things you must know. First, names are of the greatest importance. The power of any curse or spell is increased nine times by the use of the person's name. When you can, always use his true name, his full name, not a nickname. We've got Michael Hughes with us, and you are a writer and sometimes co-host of Where Did the Road Go? And you are the guy that is responsible for all of this bind Trump thing. Is that correct? 
That's me. All right. I find it funny that me and you haven't actually hooked up before because we run in a lot of the same circles and a lot of the same groups and stuff. And I see your posts and stuff all the time, and it wasn't until just recently that I put two and two together and was like, oh, that's that guy. Okay. Um, and then Aaron Aaron put me in touch with you and said, hey, Michael's the guy that did all this. So as, uh, as I was saying off of the air, I find all of this kind of funny. I find it very funny. So... Let's start from the beginning. How did you how did you go about doing? Well, first off, how many interviews have you done about this? How much how much media exposure have you gotten from this? Oh, it's 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 off it, it's off the chain in, in so many ways. I mean, for for the days leading up to the actual uh, binding ritual, man, I probably did like uh, I mean, it, in the in the 20s, 30s, um, actual interviews with people like on the phone um but as far as written interviews probably a couple dozen of those it was crazy i mean i literally put the rest of my life on hold um just to deal with all the just all the 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 incoming messages and people wanting to talk on the phone i even turned down uh fox and friends appearance because i would go over real well with those people (laughs) well you know it was it was clearly I mean, first of all, I don't know anyone who really watches Fox to get to get their news. Um, and, <laughs> but, but, you know, but 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 just beyond that, it, it, you know, clearly they would they would try to do a hit piece and make it look stupid, make me look stupid. So and also, you know, a lot of people I, I think I started being really selective with the interviews I was doing because some I did a couple like shock jock radio interviews and. And the guys were clearly, you know, they, they didn't want to have even the slightest bit of a serious conversation about about it. But but I had fun because I, I like doing a little jujitsu on those guys and uh, and throwing them a bit for a loop. You know, when they, when they wanted me to be this evil warlock, I actually came across as kind of a nice guy who talked about my magic having elements of Christianity in it, which which it does. And, you know, that just completely blows their minds and then they can't follow through with their questions. So um, but yeah, but it was it was just unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. I've had a couple things go kind of viral at points, but but this was this this was beyond anything I could have possibly imagined. So you weren't expecting this to become the magical shitstorm that it has. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I had a feeling. I mean, I I felt like when I posted the original article about the spell, I had a feeling it it had it had a bit of a right thing, right time kind of feel to it. So I thought maybe it might get a little bit of traction, especially in the occult community and things like that but but the the way it blew up in the mainstream was just shocking well i'm glad you decided to come on here and talk to us about it um and as i was saying beforehand i find the whole thing funny and i in no mean no way whatsoever mean to be disrespectful at all uh lobo here is also a practitioner that's not a big secret um though i think your guys's magical styles differentiate um, but uh, another thing I wanted to move on to was that, um, are you tired of being called a Satanist yet? <laughs> oh. No, you know, actually, I'm, 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 I've only, only been called a Satanist a few times. I've been called a neo, uh, neo-Nazi by a particular, uh, Golden Dawn group that's notorious for being full of, can I, can I curse on this? Uh, oh, absolutely. Show? Yes. Uh, of, of, of just utter assholes. 
Um, <laughs> but so, I mean, I've been called like a neo-fascist and all this kind of stuff. I, I mean, none of it really bothers me. What I am a little tired of is being called a witch because I'm not a witch. Amen, and, brother. Yeah, and this thing just... <laughs> And the, I, I mean, I have lots of witchy friends, Wiccan friends, all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm totally respectful of that, of those, you know, various belief systems. That fall yeah, it's under like witchcraft. being called a, a neo-pagan or a neo-Wiccan sounds like it's, it's the equivalent of calling somebody an asshole or something. You know? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm cool with the, the witches. I have lots of witchy friends and everything, but I'm not a witch. But to the mainstream media, whenever you talk spells, it instantly becomes witchcraft. So all of a sudden I had people, you know, when did you become a witch? And, you know, I had to say, look, you know, there's a lot of different ways of practicing magic that don't necessarily fall under witchcraft. And that's not what I call myself. Uh, I'm not Wiccan. You know, that's it's not my style. It's not the way I operate. But it just became you know, when this thing got released, it just became its own thing, you know, l- l- like these things do. They they just they get out there, and then they just take off. They take on a life of their own, and and that's really what happened. So it became witches versus Trump, and it, it is kind of funny. I mean, you know, I will agree with you that that there are elements of this that that make me laugh too. You the know, first thing that I saw that made me <laughs> laugh was the chaos magicians for Trump. Um, immediately stood up. If this is actually a real group, they actually have a real Facebook page, apparently, which I've been to. It doesn't appear to be very much. But Chaos Magicians for Trump (laughs) stood up as the first owner of uh, the first utterings of a counterspell to do what you were going to do. Right, And then, lo and behold, Pat Robertson jumps into the mix. (laughs) (laughs) Which, bravo, good sir. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's when I felt like, you know, mission accomplished. That was when Matt, you knew you, you know? arrived. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, they, that, that's, that's what kind of blew my mind the most is the, you know, I expected the, you know, the evangelical uh, response. You know, they, I knew it was going to piss off and freak out the evangelicals. And that was actually kind of part of the way the spell was designed. Um, you know, not that there isn't, not that it wasn't serious, but when, you know, uh, there were some other people who were crafting this initially, and we talked a little bit about this, like, let's put some stuff in there that will really freak out the evangelicals and, and get them all worked up. Uh, and it, it certainly did that. Um, but what I did not, what I really didn't expect was all the flack I got from occultists, magicians, witches. You know, I mean, they just came at me like with fangs bared you know i mean beating me with broomsticks and you know the, the magicians like oh, you can't do the spell like this it's not the it's not the proper moon it's you know it's not the proper planetary hour and you know Ugh. the astrological you know connotations of this particular date are not effective and you know and, and like there are hard and fast rules for this stuff exactly you know thank that, you <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not like, but, but, but they think there are hard and fast rules. You know, if you, if you, if you really, you know, gain your magical wheels, so to speak, and it like a golden dawn cabalistic system, that's what you think is the way to do magic. And that's fine. I mean, I spent my time doing that too. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. Or if you're, you know, God, how many times a Wiccan said to me, oh, the threefold law. 
Oh, you know, if you if you do anything negative, it comes back three times. Don't you know the ancient threefold law? I'm like, no, you know what? That The threefold law was, uh, you know, Gerald Gardner invented that in a book, you know, a novel he wrote in yep. 1949 or something. You know, this stuff isn't like ancient ancient truisms that, that especially the threefold law and the wicked read and all that i mean it's fine it's great if that's your operating system but yeah but it has power but don't tell me it, that's my, right right exactly but you, man whereas, you're flack, like i don't believe I that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but the flack from occultists and magicians and witches man that that's what and like i said there's a particular uh golden dawn i won't mention the guy's name but he's he's infamous in occult circles he instantly started threatening me um via facebook message like you don't know what you're doing you better you better apologize and take this back now or we're coming after you come uh, at me <laughs> yeah you know uh, boy oh. if I, I, i'm telling you i've been scared i you know i've retreated to my lead-lined hideaway and i've been doing pr protective magic you know 24 7 uh, to keep his band of of nitwits away that's part of how i envision all this since it all kind of developed into what it is i kind of like i, I see it as like this crazy harry potter like battle uh, with donald trump in the middle of it and you know, on spells being cast and counter spells oh, he's and... almost voldemort <laughs> Yeah, so, Orangey Mort. Yeah, there's Orangey Mort. <laughs> <laughs> Hate-filled Cheeto man. <laughs> so when you were putting this together, you said that you had, had you'd talked with other people that you you know talk with about how you were going to do this. How was the how was the response and support of it? You know, was this? Yeah, you know, I mean, this th that sounds like this was partially a joke for you, and you did it for kicks, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I, I did it very seriously, and the people that I was kicking this idea around with, it, 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 it was very serious. I mean, it is designed to act to bind um, Trump and his administration from doing further harm than what they were doing, but. At the same time, like I wrote a follow up to the spell on Medium. So if people want to read sort of my after response to this and, and some and I answered a lot of the criticisms from the pagan Wiccan occultist community, um, it's also on Medium. Uh, but but one of the things I said in that piece is like I, I, I wrote it as sort of a Q&A, you know, to to myself uh, at, at answering a lot of the questions that have been thrown at me. And one of them was. Is this a serious spell or is it like a big art prank stunt? You know, is this is this like a levitation of the Pentagon by the hippies or is it a real spell? And I said, yes, um, because I think it, it, it has elements of both. It is a very it is serious. and It was intended by the, the, the sort of the, the group that I was kicking this around with as something very serious that people should do seriously and take seriously. And I did it seriously with a group of people. We live streamed it on Facebook um, and we took it very seriously. We did it with intention for what it was supposed to do. At the same time, there are elements of theater to it. There are elements of, of that, of that consciousness raising sort of prank of, you know, uh, exercising and levitating the Pentagon that, you know, Jerry Rubin and, and, you know, all those guys and Abby Hoffman and all have put together. So, so yes, it's both. And so I, I do take it seriously and I see it as uh, like a very large sort of stunt. And I don't think there, it, 
you know, I mean, magicians are used to thinking paradoxically, and and that's that that's what this is. It it has elements of lots of things to it. it and I also think art is very much magic in a lot of ways. I mean, it's very hard to disentangle art and magic sometimes. And this this ritual was designed to have elements of both. So let me ask you this then. You had mentioned earlier that your your magic that you use has different aspects of Christianity. Are we talking mm, yeah. like along the lines of the long lost friend, you know, with uh, Pennsylvania Dutch sure. magic or Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's elements of that and I, I I call myself an eclectic magician because I've spent, you know, the good part of my adult life working through various traditions and and the, the, the Christian elements, um, I, for, I spent a, a lot of time looking at Coptic uh, magic, which is early, early, it was Christian-based magic, but it's a lot of spells and bindings and all that sort of thing around, you know, the early first, second century, third century, stuff like that around Egypt. So, but these were Christians who were also, you know, in, in an environment where there was lots of magic and lots of different traditions intermingling. And uh, there, there's some really good, you know, spells and things. There's really interesting rituals that are left over from 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 that part of time also. And even if you go back to the Greek magical papyri and things, um, there's elements of like, you know, they, they, they use Moses as one of the, the, the names of power and things like that. So there's Judeo-Christian elements um, all the way up through like modern conjure and hoodoo and things like that, where people will use, you know, they'll read Psalms from the Bible, they'll call on Jesus's name and all that. Um, and there's also, you know, the, the Catholic saints, there's a lot of folk magic that involves, you know, the Catholic saints. I'm looking right now, I've got a, uh, a candle of, uh, of St. Dymphna, who is a Catholic saint who is sort of a, a saint of uh, alleviating anxiety and stress and things like that. So, you know, there's 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 all sorts of tr- traditions. And but as far as Christians go, what, what I found interesting is all these people who contacted me and said, I'm a Christian, but I'm doing this spell anyway, or I'm a Christian witch or we're going to do this, but we're going to pray you know, we're going to pray to Jesus instead, and the archangels, we're going to leave out that demon part. Can you, you imagine <laughs> being Jesus and having all of this stuff coming into your switchboard at one time? Because <laughs> oh, you've got... Yeah. Switchboard. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you've got a group, okay, we need this guy to stop doing this, and then you've also got right. the other army of, we need these people to not allow this to happen. And... You know, you're only Jesus. You're just like, what, what? What? How do I do this here? You know, is this <laughs> exactly what side am I on, man? Yeah. What am I? You know, <laughs> do, do you? Well, you know, do I, you I, flip I the spiritual Je- coin, or <laughs> well, I think Jesus is probably on the side against the pussy grabber side. You know, against <laughs> against the guy. You know, against the guy who wants to like take people's health insurance away. Oh, we're gonna catch so much uh, hell for this. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, hey, I've I've already caught plenty of hell about it. But, you know, I, I mean, you look, you're looking at a man in, in Donald Trump who is the epitome of everything that, you know, I mean, you read your you read your New Testament and you look at the red words, you know, in the red word Bible, the, the stuff that Jesus said and how anyone can call themselves a Christian and vote for this like narcissistic multimillionaire grifter. You know, who puts down women, insults people left and right. I mean, just the, just the, the 
the nastiness of that man. You know, like you think Jesus would would be okay with this oaf? You know, the hate mail that we're about so. to receive right now. There are people well, right forward now. it to me, man. I have, I have no problem. Forward it to me. <laughs> forward That's it to true. me, man. I I, I I just take and throw it right in there. Well, let me. Well, sometimes I'll respond, but but you know, a lot of it goes right into the the trash. Let me ask you this thing, because you've brought up elements of Christianity and your magic. Mm-hmm. When you talk mm-hmm. to a Christian. Or, you know, people that confront you from the Christian aspect of it, and you tell them, this is what I do, this is Christian aspect of it, mm-hmm. then what happens? Do they just say you're a liar, or, you yeah, know... Yeah, they say, they say, you know, they, they pull out their, their verses from, you know, mostly from the Old Testament that talk about witches and things like that. And then you have, you know, some of the, the later... Um, the later gospel comments is Simon Magus and things like that, where, you know, Christians essentially... Where you know the the followers of Jesus use the Jesus magic, and then you know Simon Magus, who's also a magician, but he's using you know the other kind of magic, and he he's he you know he falls apart and says yes, your Jesus magic is better, etc. Um, but you know, and that's that that's fine. But there there's a great deal of scholarship um, that talks about. That Jesus was actually, you know, there was a lot of controversy during his time and, you know, the like the century or so afterwards where people were arguing about whether he was a magician or not. I mean, he was called, a mag- there was, I mean, there were really serious debates until uh, the Roman church pretty much, you know, you know, burned everybody or, or wiped everybody out that thought otherwise. Um, that, that Jesus was a magician. There, there, there's a great book called Jesus the Sorcerer. I'd recommend to anyone is you know has any you know extremely well sourced with uh, you know a biblical scholarship and things like that. So I mean Jesus was essentially casting demons out of people, which is what magicians of all, all uh, you know have always done. You know pre Christ and afterwards, um, you know he was healing people, and that's what magicians always did. So yeah, the way I look at it is, hey, you know, this is it's it's fine if, if you're I have no problem with whatever anyone wants to believe. But I think people who take a pretty deep look at biblical scholarship and look at some of these these uh, alternative theories about him uh, might might come away thinking, you know what? He, he was kind of a magician himself. I remember when we had Daniel Harms on here and we were talking about the long lost friend because he had released another <laughs> he had gone back and re-released it. And uh, mm-hmm. he was going through talking about the spells and stuff of, of Pennsylvania Dutch hex magic. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how, you know, back in those days, if you did anything other than, you know, with the church, you were accused of being a witch. I'm like, how did these people get away with doing this kind of magic without mm-hmm. being persecuted and treated as a witch? And even when you look through Long Lost Friend, a lot of the spells that are in there are more or less just prayers for the most part or different mm-hmm. forms of prayers yeah. and things. Mm-hmm. So, and I've had I've had Christian people that I know of in my life, and I'd be like, here, look at this. And a lot of them don't even know how to really react to it. They're like, well, that was just silly. We've moved along since then. And mm-hmm. part of me wants to go, well, you really can't do that because now you're recreating something to fit, you know, this is supposed to be a hard line. This is the way things are supposed to be. You can't deviate from that. When, mm-hmm. in fact, if you look over the course of history and the, and the course of religion, there's been lots of deviations in the Christian religion. You know, it's like last I checked, there was over 3,000 something different variations of the Christian religion. So, yeah. you know, when yeah. somebody and, says, well, and, I'm a Christian, I'm kind of like, well, what version of Christian are you? Are you this? Are you that? Are you that? Okay, well, I'm this. Okay, well, are you this, 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 and this? You know, and you start... You follow the you follow the the tree branches out, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, Christianity, the way people think of it as evangelical fundamentalist Christianity, is kind of a recent historical yeah. development, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Christianity has comes in all sorts of varieties and and flavors and uh, and you know, but 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 people that have always practiced folk magic have never seen any contradiction. You know, Catholics who who pray to the saints, Catholics who use um, you know various forms of folk magic, uh, they've they've always happily coexisted. Now now the church might look down upon them, but that doesn't mean that people aren't doing it. And they always have, and they always will. You look at the developments of like folk saints in uh, in Mexico and Central America, like Santa Santa Muerte. Yeah, we just has, released has, uh, an episode last week. We ran our we reran our episode on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean she's she's, you know, she's as big as the the Virgin of Guadalupe now. You know, maybe bigger. Um, much so, to the church's dismay. <laughs> much to their dismay. Yeah, yeah, and but but these things happen and. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of like hoodoo and conjure magic comes comes out of a the the syncretic mixture of you know enslaved people's religions that they brought over with them and the Christianity that they that, you know they were forced to adopt. And people always find people always find you know things that work for them. So you know, I was I was in Mexico and I went into a, a church in this little little town this is probably close to 30 years ago and all the pews had been torn out of the church and it was just pine needles on the floor and it looked like an old christian church from outside which is what it was but you walk in and there are shamans doing healing rituals on people and the woman who took us in to, to show us the the church she said she really had to screen people that she brought in because she at one point she brought some evangelicals in and they started freaking out they're like this is an abomination this is sacrilege this is a christian church well there's people you know waving chickens around on the floor and and you know but but that's what people do you know they they take their own traditions and they mix it with whatever the mainstream tradition is and that's that's just what they do they've always done it that way and that's the way i look at magic you know magic uh, we're lucky nowadays. We have all this scholarship about what magic was for hundreds, thousands of years. What people have done. We keep pushing it farther into the past and learning more, so we can like we can look at these traditions and extract things that work from them and use them. It seems now. Again, I'm not a practitioner of magic, and I've stated many times that I don't necessarily believe in it. But I do find people who practice it. I find the practices and the study of it fairly fascinating. And it Mm -hmm. seems like within the last, I don't know, 30 years, or even since like you brought it up earlier, the whole thing about Wicca and all that, that it seems like it's becoming more and more of a commercialized kind of thing, you know, where it's, um, Mm -hmm. it's something that's becoming like packaged and put out to the masses or something like that. And it seems Mm -hmm. like, you know, now with all of the uncertainty and stuff like that, with people looking for answers, there's people leaving religion and so forth. Um, that people are looking for different things, and it just seems like it's becoming this um, packaged, sold commodity at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, there's certainly that, that's 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 always been the case. I, like you well, can not walk always, into but... if there's any bookstores in your area, like there's not many of them left. But you walk into the mm-hmm. bookstore and you walk over to that section, it's just like. Like here's an example. I go on I I go on Amazon. And I order all kinds of books for the show and stuff and. 
because Amazon builds an algorithm of the kind of books that you order, it builds up a list of things that it thinks that you're going to be interested in. And there's mm-hmm. all these things on the bottom for recommendations on books on like Enochian magic and all this kind of stuff, just because mm-hmm. I've purchased different books for the show or things like that, or been interested in different things. And it's the profile that it has from where you would think that I'm this dark, you know, Luciferian <laughs> mega mage or something. And I'm like, I'm not interested in any of this stuff, but I've noticed that there's just an overabundance like if you want a book on magic and if you want to learn how to do magic, just type in magic on, on, on Amazon and then brrr, watch your browser just fill up with stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There's I mean, there's certainly a commercialization that that's that's, you know, it, it there's a lot of cheese out there. There's a lot of garbage, you know, but Sturgeon's Law applies to magic like it does to everything else. You know, 90 percent of 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 magic is shit. 90% of the books about it is shit, but, but the 10%, the 10% is what you're looking for. And, uh, I think me and Lobo have had this conversation <laughs> quite a few times. Right. Uh, but, but the thing is, there's really interesting stuff going on. There's some really smart people out there talking about it. And, um, it's. I think there's a larger sort of uh, trend in society. Like you said, a lot of people have sort of felt, you know, abandoned by religion, have abandoned religion because they're not getting anything out of it. They see the problems with it. They see the excessive stuff. Um, and Well, you also have situations where, like, you have now, in this day and age, you have a lot of, it's, it's becoming more socially acceptable to be gay or what have you. And mm-hmm. religion isn't quite evolving with that, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. it's, there's a lot of times where religion is pushing people away from it, you know, and, and there's sure. there's just different social things that are going on now. Now, usually the way Christianity works, and again, we're going to get hate mail for this, but we've had this discussion before. Christianity is pretty much a consume and assimilate religion where it, it'll consume something else and assimilate those practices into it to try to get people from other face to me that's mm-hmm. in my opinion that's how christianity has survived for so long you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It'll, it'll come in and say all right well you've got these paging practices and rituals and okay well now we're going to make that into our holiday and we're going to try to alter it to fit you know just to get these people to come along um mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like that is is happening as much anymore maybe i don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it happens as much. I think Christianity, uh, is especially sort of the fundamentalist. Yeah, I'm not trying to knock on Christianity yeah. either. But no, I mean, neither. No, as like I said, I, I, you know, when these people attack me and, and you know, claim I'm the spawn of Satan for doing this stuff. It seems like I just the said, fundies I, are the ones that are causing a lot of this, though. The, 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 yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Christian I mean, they're the ones. Fundies. Sure. The, the ones that are really dogmatic about things, you know, yeah, it, and... Um, it's, it, it's like you said, I mean, Christian, your one point about Christianity sort of, you know, adopting stuff over the years. Uh, again, when I was in Mexico, one of the tallest, the tallest pyramid, um, has a, a church built on top of it. You know I mean? You yeah. can't find a better, you know, metaphor for, for what the religion did to a lot of other religions and a lot of peoples and cultures, but it's become very, very solidified now, especially again the the evangelical, the the really fundamentalist, Bible banging type. But there's plenty of liberal variants of Christianity too, and that's I I love I, I when, when these people attack me and call you know call me a Satanist, and I'm like actually I kind of try to follow like the 
the basic guidelines that Jesus put down, you know, like be nice, you know, be nice to people, forgive people. After don't when sleep they with your you. buddy's wife. Don't kill each <laughs> other. Don't steal Just, from each you know, other. Simple stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, love and forgiveness and peace and all that. Like that's I'm, I'm down with Jesus is just all right with me. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, but but it's 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 his crazed followers who are so intolerant to other beliefs. You know, they're the ones that that I have the the problem with. Um, well, being that we've probably pissed off a lot of people at this point, <laughs> um, which wouldn't be the first time we've done stuff like that. Which, by the way, if anybody out there does try to send me hate mail and stuff like that, I'm, I'm not going to acknowledge any of it. Go go ahead. I'll probably just toss it aside or I'll send it over to Lobo and he'll get a laugh out of it. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up that this is not the first time that uh, that um, magic and politics have intermingled and that magic has been used to thwart uh, or been used for the greater good of the people. I don't want to say thwart evil, but... Um, and I was asking you before we went on the air if you knew anything about Operation Cone of Power when the British mm -hmm. witches got together and attacked Adolf Hitler. Yeah, that was... Uh that was that, that's probably the most famous uh, example of using magic as a resistance tactic. And Crowley said he did it as well too, but Crowley mm -hmm. says a lot of things. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, Crowley was probably. Um, I mean, he he was very likely involved with uh, British intelligence during World War II. Now he claims he came up with the you know the victory sort of peace sign and all that. I'm not I'm not so sure about that. I have some friends I could ask who you know one of my friends wrote a great uh, Richard Kaczynski wrote a great biography of uh, of Crowley called Perdurabo, mm -hmm. um, which which is fantastic. But yeah, I think I think Crowley probably was on the side the good guy's side and. Uh, Worked a little bit with with British intelligence, but the the cone of power thing was Gerald Gardner, who's really the the father, the creator of of Wicca, of modern uh, witchcraft, and a lot of the things that you know it was a lot of nonsense. He cribbed a lot of it from uh, Freemasonry. Uh, he he cribbed a lot from Crowley. He, you know, I mean, from the Theosophists, from Blavatsky, and you know, the, when people create magical traditions they they just pull from what's popular at the time and 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 that's what that's what he did but gardner and his group uh you know they they did what's what they called cone of power operation which was to keep the nazis from uh invading uh great britain and uh so they they gathered sky clad gardner uh you know he he pretty much he liked being naked and dancing around naked with you know, beautiful naked women As you do. and men and, uh, and who doesn't, you know, sure. I mean, um, but, uh, so they, they, they did, they tried to raise, uh, uh, power to thwart, to thwart the Nazis. And also the, but the, the other group that was doing this was, uh, Dion Fortune, who is a, one of my favorite occultists. She wrote, uh, Psychic Self-Defense, which is a perennial best-selling, uh, occultism book about how to protect yourself against magical attacks and you know supernatural bad guys and all that sort of stuff it's actually a, a great book but she she um her um her group she would send out these little um mail she would send things out to in the mail to them and and would instruct them in rituals to keep the nazis away and so both of these groups were sort of doing the same thing and for you know 
Did it work? I, I don't know. You never really can say whether these things work. But the Nazis did not invade. And uh, there's there's also a lot of talk about how Fortune really, like it really wrecked her health. Um, she was kind of a large woman to begin with. But uh, a lot of people say that all the, the energy she was expending trying to push the Nazis away really took a, a, a heavy toll on her physical health and mm-hmm. she died shortly thereafter. So yeah, there's, there's, there, there have been these operations over the years where people have used magic to try to push back against what they perceived as evil or an there's enemy. There's also I get- the, um, the Spanish Armada with Queen Elizabeth. There's right, the right, story about exactly. how, you know, she had magic people working magic for her to bring about the storm, which smashed the uh, magic, uh, smashed the magic Armada, the, the Spanish Armada. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't off the top of my head know right now. My brain, my brain's blanking out on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another. You know, that's that's a that's one of those things. You know, again, that's stuff you really can't prove. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's not like there's there's you know chains of cause and effect yeah, exactly. you follow exactly. and, and that sort of thing. But but it's fascinating and and a lot of you know a lot of, a lot of the other complaints against the trump binding spell and and associated efforts is that it's slacktivism and that you're not really doing anything you might be making yourself feel better but you're not really doing anything well most people who are yeah but that's as good as saying well i'm going to pray for you so that you feel better or you know that's, yeah, there's yeah. no difference in that exactly at all exactly what it is sure sure it's like well again it goes back to well my magic stronger you can use your little witchcraft or do whatever you're going to do or be a warlock haha <laughs> kidding but uh, you can do what you're going to do but mm. at the same time it's like well i'll pray for you to get better you know i'm not going to you know <laughs> you don't want to look at somebody and be like well thanks but I don't believe in your prayers. You know, the, the intent and the emotion is there to offer to help somebody or do what you're going to do. So right. I don't know. That doesn't make, that doesn't come across to me real well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, some people would say it's all nonsense, prayer, magic, etc. That, that That's fine. But most people who were doing this binding are also like writing and calling their Congress people and, you know, marching and, you know, taking part in, in all sorts of other, you know, real world, you know, not not woo-woo sort of activities to to try to, you know, make political change as well. And what one of the things that went into the design of this particular ritual was it's also meant to make you feel better. Like there's nothing wrong with with a ritual that actually makes you feel better about yourself and your power and your agency. Because so many of us, I know myself, one of the reasons when we were talking about, you know, doing this spell is that we feel so beaten down. You know, we're watching what this administration is doing and it's like this onslaught and in social media, you know, I mean, you're scrolling down a page on Facebook and you see his face, you know, every other, you know, every other image is his face. And we so many of us felt so overwhelmed. That when we were creating this spell, the people I was working with were like, let's build the spell as a way to sort of exercise all that out of yourself, you know, to expunge all that negativity and that that just that oppressive Trumpiness, you know, that that that's kind of just kind of like a blanket over. And that's that was part of it. It It is also designed to make you feel like you're. You're getting some of your power back that's been taken away. And so many people have responded. They said, you know what? I did this ritual. I don't really you know, necessarily believe in this. I'm not a witch. But I felt so much better after I did it. 
And I say, that's great. That's that's part of it. That That's what it was designed to do. Let me ask you a couple of things about the, the, uh, the harmful effects so you can clarify what this is and then we'll let you go. Mm-hmm, um, sure. So describe what a binding is. This isn't necessarily a curse or a hex or nothing like that, correct? Like yeah, you're not yeah. actually wishing harm on him. You're just right. wishing something upon him to you know stop his to be able to keep things from working as well for him. Is that right? That's that's the intent, and uh, it's it's meant to stop someone from harming. And I, I talk to a lot of witches. I talk to a lot of occultists, and you know just from my own experience over the years. And there is a difference. Some people say no, it's still negative. You're still you know, squashing his free will or something like that. But I do believe that that the intent and the way it works is to say, okay, we're stopping you from doing further harm. And in the long run, that's actually good for him too. Um, You know, uh, so it's it's not a cursing. You know, I don't believe in curse. I don't curse people. Um, You know, if someone did something really horrible to me or or people I care about, I'd probably think about it. But I'm not a violent person. And so my magic is not violent. The whole goal of this is just to bind. It's like tying someone up and saying, "Okay, you can't do bad stuff anymore. We're going to take away your phone so you can't tweet. You know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) we just want want you to stop what you're doing, you know, you we don't want you, you know, you know, getting rid of regulations to keep 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 coal companies from dumping waste in mountain streams. Okay, we want you to stop that kind of thing, and that that's the whole point of it. Whereas a curse uh, or a hex or whatever you want to call it, and you know they they do they are part of the magical tradition too, and that they are designed to hurt and to harm, and I kind of. I kind of side a little bit with the Wiccans on that and the fact that, you know, I do believe that when you do intentionally harm someone, there are negative repercussions from that if you do it magically or if you do it physically. So, yeah, this is completely and if you read through the language of it, it says, you know, bind him so that he may do no harm to any human, to our politics, you know, etc. So it's very clear in that respect. How has the response been, and are you planning on doing anything, any more of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was designed to be done on the waning crescent moon, every waning crescent moon until he's out of office. So, uh, so we're, this we're is doing an ongoing a, thing. It's ongoing, man. Every month until he's gone. And uh, <laughs> people were so gearing up. We're gearing up. I think it's March 26th, I believe, is the next one. So that's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. And we'll be getting together and doing. I think there'll be even more people now. Um, now that the word has spread and people are talking to other people about it, you know, the big, the big, you know, giant onslaught of news covering it has sort of has died down considerably. But there's still a lot of chat, still a lot of people talking about, you know, getting others to do it, doing it in groups. There's a there's a Facebook group where people are finding people in their area and all that sort of thing. So I, I just expect it's going to get it's going to get bigger and bigger and few people fall by the wayside. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to keep on doing it. So you're getting a lot of support on this for the most part. Then are you getting more support than hate mail? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hate mail is particularly hateful, of course. Um, but the support is is huge. And it's it, what really was 
I, I loved about this ritual is seeing people who, you know, don't identify as witches or magicians or occultists who are just like, you know what, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to do it. A huge number of people who've never thought of mad doing anything like this in their life, like, you know what, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to do it. And that's exciting to me because I love magic. And I, I, I the thought of, of, people who've never thought about doing it before the the fact that they might try a ritual and go wow that felt that was interesting you know i i that felt i felt a sort of power in myself i've never felt before i that thrills me i mean that 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 thrills me to no end of course the evangelicals say well you're just you know bringing more people over to the devil um <laughs> yeah but but what do you say to them i mean you, you there's nothing you can say yeah so mm-hmm. no let them believe what they want to believe. So it's pissing into the wind. Where um <laughs> that's a totally different fetish. Um Wow. <laughs> <laughs> where can people go if they want to get involved with this, learn about it, or see exactly what you're doing? Is there a website that they can go to? Yeah, well people that are on Facebook, there's there's a, an official bind Trump group. Uh it's a closed group, so you know, there's there are all sorts of people who are just trying to mess with this. Uh, um, you know, there's a whole, there's a all these new, there's a group of chaos magicians who are trying to turn it into a magical war between. What is up with you know, that? I gotta ask, man. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, it's, I, <laughs> it's like it's like it's is it like, like the, that? Are they doing it to embrace the chaos of you know? Like some people just no. want to see the world burn, or yeah, yeah, they just want to fuck shit up, and that's. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that that that's their own stated purpose. They like let's let's just let's whip this up and and let's pit people against each other, and we'll just watch and laugh. If for the lulls, you know, I mean, that's that 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 that's why they're doing it. Um, but but anyway, to get but that's so the the Facebook group is closed so that um, you know these jokers and trolls we try to keep them out as much as possible. Um, and there's lots of people coordinating uh, together for group rituals and all that. So the Facebook group's the best place. You can also go to the original Medium uh, article that I published and my follow-up to that. And that's called a, a Mass Spell to Bind Donald Trump. It's really easy to find. Just Google and, it. Yeah, and just Google that. It's on Medium. Um, you can also go to my website, michaelmhughes.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, it's, it's, again, it's become a thing that's beyond me. So, you know, I was there to sort of introduce it and birth it and put it out there. And it's, it's its own thing now. I mean, people have, people are doing their own thing with it. They're changing it. And, and that was the point from the beginning. It's like, this is just, this is, this is what we are putting out there. You take it and shape it any way you want with the, the only key being that whatever you're doing you do it at the same time so there's this massive focusing of consciousness and will and energy at the same time that that's that's really the key more so than following the ritual word by word or anything like do you have any books or anything out that you want to promote do you have uh, any web pages or blogs or anything you want to push out there or yeah is there anything you want to put out there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, all my all my books are referenced at my website, which is michaelmhughes.com. I have to say my uh, my trilogy, uh, which is published by Random House's Hydra imprint, which is called the Blackwater Lights. Blackwater is all one word. Blackwater Lights trilogy. 
The third, the first book is called Blackwater Lights. The second book is Witch Lights, and the third is Demon Lights. The third book's coming out in a couple of months. It's coming out in May. So if you like supernatural fiction, thriller stuff that's also about magic and the supernatural and the paranormal, which probably if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like some of that stuff. <laughs> um, it's it's available. It's only available digitally. It's Random House's digital imprint. Um, but you can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, iBooks, all that kind of stuff. And uh, they're they're inexpensive. And if you like that kind of thing, you can read the first two books. And then probably by the time you get finished the first two books, the third and concluding book will be out. Because I know a lot of people, you know, like they don't like to read a series and have to wait, you know, a year for the next book to come out. So now's a great time to read that trilogy. Um, so yeah, man, uh, lots of other books and anthologies, short stories, all that stuff. So if you like that kind of thing, stop by the website and, and have fun. Well, Michael, thanks for coming on here. Um, I very thanks, much man. do appreciate you being here. This has been a lot of fun talking to you. Um, I just wanted to hear what, what the story was behind all this. So, um, yeah. you know, we're not necessarily a political show, so, you know, go ahead and say what you want and what have you, but it's, it's been a lot of fun <laughs> talking to you. It's, it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, Thanks, thank Michael. you. It's it great to be here, guys. Really appreciate it. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. What if I were to tell you that the forms are not the facts? And what if I were to ask you the shape of water? Water is in a state of constant flow and flux, a paradox of weakness and strength. My name is Aaron David, and I am host of Charm the Water, a weekly podcast centering on the occult and mysticism based in Asheville, North Carolina. You can find us at charmthewater.com or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, your favorite pod feeder. Come holler. <laughs> Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Maybe it was the ghost of an alien that worked for the government. You know, you removed the alien anal probe out of the story and it probably wasn't this guy's worst Saturday night. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Listen to Brent and John make sense of it all each week. By subscribing, find us on iTunes by searching Hysteria 51 or anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. So that was the man that was behind the whole bind Trump thing, who's a really, really nice guy. Um, yeah. 
again, like I said, I've met him before. I've done shows with him on Word of the Road Go. And uh, I didn't actually have a chance to talk with him on the air. We were just part of a roundtable thing. So he's always been really cool with me on Facebook. And I've, I hung out, I hang out in similar pages than he does. I often, it's, I've known the guy for a while and I've seen his posts and I knew who he was and I just did not put two and two together. And, um, I'm really glad he did come on here and talk with us. And as I was saying to you off the air, I like the way that he puts things in real practical terms to where people who aren't necessarily involved with this stuff, he, he talks about it in a way that, you know, people can digest and understand. He doesn't go into like a lot of the times when people talk about magic, a lot of people tend to tune out who aren't involved with it because it gets really technical about schools of magic and practitioners of magic and stuff, which is why I don't pay a lot of attention to it because I don't understand half of the stuff with it. But if you want to sit down and talk to me about, listen, it's like me and you have had conversations about Santeria and hoodoo and voodoo. And, you know, we've done it through many shows throughout the years to where it was digestible and easy to understand and bite size. You know, you put it in simple terms where people can listen to and go, okay, I, I understand what's going on here. You start dropping things like golden Dawn and Crowley and all these different schools of magic. And people are like, I don't, I, I just want to hear about Bigfoot and UFOs. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not at any of those stuff. So yeah, well, um, what are you going to do though? I mean, it is what it is. I just find it funny that, you know, once a month there's going to be this you know <laughs> massive magical duel going on. Good on them. For the next, for the, for at least the next four years, you know, (laughs) but you know, again, you know, send all hate mail too. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, anyways, yeah, we're running a little bit long here. So, uh, you're tired and I'm tired and this whole show was kind of thrown just kind of haphazardly together to kind of kill time until we were able to get him on the air. Um, so that's it. Um, I'm going to break the curse of the show and say, cause I know I'm, I'm, 97% 97% confident that next week, 97%. There's always that 3% that something weird could happen, but we've got Jason Offit coming back on next week. Um, cause Jason Offit's got a, a new book of short stories coming out and it's been a couple of years since we've had him on and yep. Offit's a fun guy and, is, um, true. he doesn't cover paranormal anymore, but I find that he still talks about it. He still enjoy talks. He still enjoys talking about it, but he doesn't really update his website with any of that kind of stuff. And he's moving along to writing fiction now. And mm-hmm. uh, I was reading the, his book, um, How to Kill Monsters, His Common Household Devices, off the air to you. Yeah, you were. And it's hysterical. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're going to have Jason on next week because he's out. He's, he's uh, pimping his new book on short stories or book of short stories. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk to him about some of his older stuff, like the paranormal in your backyard, how he went on this little journey and found all kinds of cool stuff within his area. Um, I'm interested in his fiction. I'm interested in his comedy writings. He's also written a, a book called Across the Green Swept Land, I believe it's called, which was another funny book. Um, I gotta say, he's, his funny, his, his comic stuff is really funny. Um, so I'm just, just looking forward to having him on the air again, because we haven't talked to him in a long time. And we always snipe back and forth on Facebook and stuff. And for, for a couple of years, we've been like, we need to have it back on the air. Yeah, I'll come back on the air, blah, blah. And I just finally said, you know what the hell with it? You got a new book coming out. So he gave us copies of it. And we've been reading it. And we're going to have him on next week. Yep. So um, I think that's it for now. Uh, the caffeine is starting to wear down. I'm starting to slow down in my rambling, which means, mm. uh, Harley, you can turn the uh, MP3 back down to normal speed because I know that Harley listens to us at one and a half speed. He doesn't listen to us anymore. He doesn't? He told me he does. I don't, I don't know. I just said yes, that to piss him off. Yes, he does. Harley because from over he, at Travel how's Oddities. Old, how's he going to get a hold of me? He can't. Boom. 
Harley from Travel Oddities. I'll, I'll give those guys a shout out. Sure. Uh, again, almost educational because uh, Patrick's going to be coming on. He's going to be uh, Dennis. I'm sorry, Dennis is going to be coming back on the yes. show here to cover for the week that you're off with your anniversary. Um, yeah, married thing. Yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So, you know, there was a podcast I wanted to plug before we got off the off the air. And now you can't remember what it is. That's why I asked you no, before you hit record. No, it's, I, it's it's called True Crime Garage. Okay. <laughs> it, it's really good. It's really good. I've been listening to it. I, I picked up a whole bunch of different ones like Unsolved Murders, Up and Vanished, you know, The Conspirators. But that the one, there's one now called Serial Killers that just started. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's not even a month old, I don't think, yet. And it's it's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah, they've covered uh, they've covered Eileen Warnos. They did a two parter on H H Holmes. I mean, they came right out of the gate and started with H H Holmes. And they just did uh, last week. They did the Vampire Dusseldorf, which they they cover obscure Ooh, some obscure like serial killers. Yeah, it's really good. Because I mean, everybody it's... goes for the big the big ones that everybody knows about. Not a lot of people do the obscure stuff, which is what me and you like to cover when we do yeah, talk about absolutely. serial killers, is the really obscure, little-known ones. Well, the other one that I've been listening to is uh, Remarkable Lives, Tragic Deaths. And they've covered everybody from um, James Dean to Janis Joplin to Leon Trotsky. I mean, they literally cover people that like had like were – were big names and died like out of the in the strangest ways. I mean, they had Andy Warhol. They they just covered John Belushi last week. Was Al Capone? They covered Al Capone's life. Huh. It's it's really good. They're part of the Paracast Network, really? which is Parcast, not Paracast. Parcast Network. They're really good. Yeah, as I say, let's not bring up the Paracast. No, uh, no, no. I I had to double back on that one. I I have a stack of things here from the Paracast that I could read, because we've never, ever called anybody ever out before, and... Yeah, uh, no. let's, not, <laughs> let's not do that. Uh, I'm, I'm close because <laughs> I don't want to start do a pod that. war, but I think if I were to do what I want to do, a lot of people would go, oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. those that that one in particular, that that true crime garage, they're not part of the podcast, but they're really good. One of the guys is a is a um, is a teacher and he goes by the name, the captain, because he doesn't want to give his real name out because he's a teacher. Yeah. But it's really good. They they do two parters. They they release one, and then the following day they release the second half of it. But I mean, I've been listening. I've been you know you get hung up in the same loops of listening to the same people over and over again, which yeah. which is fine. I mean, we have ones that we listen to that we've listened to faithfully. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the last two that they released were four days ago, a two parter on the body barrels where they found uh, dismembered. Uh, women in steel drums and they go over the whole case and they go over who who the uh, people they thought were responsible some of them are left unresolved I mean it's like they don't have an answer for it others they've actually caught the people it's really good they they're it's well done you'd like it because they take a beer break in between and they talk about like these different breweries, <laughs> like like micro breweries, like Does not make like me sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> I didn't say they stopped no. for bourbon breaks. I don't drink bourbon at all. 
I wow. very, then very you're not rarely, an alcoholic, are no, you? No, I very rarely like I have I, like I just. I made some beer. I've I've made two batches of beer in the last couple of months, and tonight I actually I'm just getting to a point where I can start beginning to drink in the last batch that I made, and the last few things that I've made have been very low alcohol, for anybody that really cares. Speaking of that, I was on a speaking of alcohol and podcasts. I was on a uh, episode of Couch Couch Party. Uh, H A B over at Couch Party has started another sub show called uh beast and doom and one of our mutual listeners and the guy guy goes by the name doc doom he's a big listener of ours they started this new show and they're like we really want you to come on we really want you to come on so i'm like all right and they're like well we have to record early in the morning because doc doom lives over in in the uk and time's different there than here i wish time were the same everywhere in the world which brings me to my next rant about the time change going ahead what Uh, yeah this i know just go with it yeah the time change is in two and a half hours yeah exactly um I wish time were just the same everywhere. I really wish we didn't have this damn time change is what I wish. So what, you wish that we didn't revolve around the sun? Sure, Or that yeah. our planet didn't spin? Which, yeah, yeah. I want to become a flat earther purely out of convenience. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so okay. I was on that show and we got into a big conversation about, uh, we talked about Metallica's load and uh, just a really a bunch of other off-the-wall topics. And it was it was a lot of fun being on there. And I do want to give another podcast out that just started following us. I went and checked them out. Um, they're called a night of horror and they are a Scottish horror drama podcast. Um, yeah, there's, of course they're Scottish. So anybody Scottish is cool. (laughs) So if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Yes. I love our Scots. Um, it it amazes me. I'm so blown away, especially now that we're on the new server, how many listeners we've picked up all over the world, how many people we've got, we've, we've got people that listen to us in, in China, you know, legitimate people. China not, not, said it wrong. Yeah, sure. Not <laughs> bots that listen to us, but actually real people, you know, and cool. just all over the world, all these people that interact with us and listen to us and it continuously on a continuous basis blows me away, you know, how far reaching we are. And uh, again, we're still picking up new listeners over at the new feed. Um, but I do want to, I would like to hear from people. We haven't gotten any emails or any voicemails from anybody in a long time. So it'd be good to hear from some new people out there. If you're new, send us, you know, send us an email, send us a, a phone message. We drop the number on here all the time for people to call our, our Google voice and leave us a message. I'd like to hear from some new people out there that uh, are recent listeners. And also, um, we're still taking, we're still getting new reviews on iTunes. If you're a listener of the show and you get us through iTunes, shoot over and give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. We love getting, well, we need to get more reviews so we can keep building up in the process here. Um, I'm discovering that since we moved over to Podbean and a lot of people are just downloading the Podbean app and are listening to us through Podbean as opposed to going through, you know, iTunes or Android people are usually, you know, some people go through, uh, Podkicker, some people go through Stitcher, but a lot of Podcast people are, Addict. Podcast Addict is another one, but a lot of people now because Podbean's got the app and there's a lot of other podcasts that are on Podbean, a lot of people are just listening to us right through Podbean at this point, which, cool. Hey, great. Awesome. Cool. Um, but that's it. That's all I've got to say. I can't think of uh, too much else. The next, uh, we got shows coming the next three weeks. You're going to be gone for at least one of them. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm going to, I won't be here for the 25th. Yeah. Which is fine. Because, I've got a sub into that one. Well, depends on when awards are. If awards are, if we can get out of awards at a decent time, yeah. I might be able to make it to the recording. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Because I've got April. your other episode of, of Spark that's going to be dropping pretty soon here. Oh, right, right. 
So. Oh, that's the other thing. I wanted to thank Lava Girl for uh, working on something for the Spark for me. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that I was think neat. so. It's cool. She said you, that she uh, wanted to make a shirt with, with that logo on it. I'm like, oh, all right, sure. I've been having a lot of people <laughs> that are coming up and saying, why, uh, you know, what's because now that you actually are producing stuff again, because you didn't produce stuff for a while, and everybody's kind of puzzled as to why we're doing that. And the main reason is, it's like, I've said it before, it's not you going out and producing other stuff. It's not like... It doesn't. I don't think it detracts from anything because I'm still involved with what you do. I still produce everything that you put out there. And yeah, you I mean, it literally gets recorded and I send it to you through Skype. Yeah, and then I do the rest of it. I do all the production yeah. and stuff on it. But it's 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 just another avenue and another voice for the show and another direction for things to go. Well, like when I record, we need stuff, to get another stasis. You need to do another stasis. I literally have not had time. I have uh. not had any time since this is weird. Cause we're going through this. We're kind of going through another evolution right now. Like we, for the longest time, we couldn't get interviews from anybody. We had people bailing on us from interviews. We didn't hear back from people. Then it would, for whatever reason, you know, I, I, me and you had the conversation of like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. That was like, well, mm-hmm. let's, let's take a break and see what happens. And things have kind of shifted to where now we're getting interviews. Like we, this is the closest we've done to a ramble cast in a long time, which I still yep. want to do. I still would like to do a couple of more ramble casts. And I still have stuff planned, but everything's been falling into our lap. And for a long time, we moved away from the whole paranormal thing. And for whatever reason, things just fell the way that they did. And we've been getting all these interviews and it's been going this route. And being now where it's like, I don't want to do a show this week or you don't want to do a show this week. All of this stuff is becoming much, it's flowing much, much easier. It's Mm -hmm. things are falling in the lap a lot easier. Like producing shows is becoming a much easier uh, like last, even though I took last weekend off, I was still learning how to do stuff for the show, but I didn't have to like cram to go out and find topics and find a guest or anything like that. Yeah. So content wise and the way the show is flowing, we're kind of going through a different evolution now. And I, don't well, know I also I said, told you that, uh, I wanted to do at least one spark episode a month that I could have recorded. So it'd be in the can. Yeah. But there's no pressure for there for you. To I know do that. So it's, you know, it's, it's whenever an idea comes, it's like, just put that off to the side because there's been times before I can't necessarily hold that against you. Cause there's been times before where you said, Hey, I want to do this as a topic. And I'd be like, I wanted to do that as a topic too. And then it yep. turns into a regular show where we mm-hmm. sit and talk about something. So yep. it's not like you haven't wanted to, but you have brought ideas to the table before. And I said, that's a really cool idea. You should do that. And then for whatever reason, you just abandon the idea and go on with something else. Mm. But that's the way things have to go to keep things organic and flowing naturally. But yeah, um, I can't force it. Yeah, that's the other thing with this show is we can't force it. We have to let things go the way that they are. And that was the way it was beginning to feel was when everything was forced. And we were beginning to cover the same topics over and over again with similar guests over and over again. And it was like, yeah. well, let's let's see how far we can take this and let's start pushing the envelope with this stuff again. And that's the way I'm trying to keep things going. And uh, now we've got new people like Michael here. We've got all these new people and new aspects and new things coming into it. But I will say I am getting a little tired of doing the paranormal thing. And I want to I kind of want to move away from it again a little bit and try and move off with other things. I want to get Tyler back on. And there's been requests. Oh, yeah, we have to have Tyler back on. Yeah, I think probably end of April, May or something like that. I'm going to bug Tyler to come back on because there's been all these. He's going to be on a spark episode. Yeah. He's going to be on a Spark episode. Yes, absolutely. Because I want to talk to him about all that. There's there's all these new advancements with um, with CRISPR, and there's all these yeah. other things that are going on right now. 
and we haven't heard from him in a while. And Tyler's one of those people, like I've had, I've, I've literally had requests from people saying, Hey, you need Tyler on for another gloom and doom episode. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> we really need Tyler on for more gloom and doom. He's <laughs> good at it. Good at it. Yeah. Because everything he throws at you is science. Like this is, this isn't science fiction. This it. can really happen. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, it. I don't want to die. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's um let's wrap this up and let's call it good. So, anyways, this is uh Rojan from a windswept survive Detroit because we just went through a huge windstorm this week and like half of our state lost power, which nice. should be coming out. I don't know, maybe it'll be broken up by the time it gets out to you. We've already had wind. We've been dealing with wind. Yeah, we have like 60, 70 mile an hour winds here, and it's oh, lovely. Yeah, it took no shit. Like, you guess not. Yeah, it sucked because I was doing a lot of my online classes for the show and my computer kept shutting down and turning back on and shutting down. I was like, God, nice. I want to finish these. But anyways, yeah, so this is Rojan from Detroit. Peace. This is Lobo from Connecticut. I don't know. We have a blizzard coming. Oh, I'm so ready for winter to be over with. Dude, you, I got a blizzard warning today on my phone for a blizzard that may or may not hit us in five days from now. It could go like a million different directions, and I'm already getting warnings about a blizzard. I hate the time change thing, but hey, it's just one more sign that spring is on the way. You know? Sure. It's, it's weird because we'll have 70, 60-degree weather one day. I'll go out, pull the motorcycle out, go for a ride, yep. park it. Then i got to drain it all back out again and wait for the freezing weather to go through so I can pull it all back out again. Yep. I just want it to be done. I want spring to be here. I want summer to be here. I want all this crap over with. And we haven't even had a bad winter this year. So. Yeah, it's been mild. I think we got another month of this crap. But then again, we've had snow in April. We've had snow mm-hmm. in May up here. So we had Anyways. snow the day after my wedding uh, in 2000. Hmm. It was April 8th. <clears throat> Fantastic. All right, yep. we're done. Peace, folks. Bye.
Oh,